1: Wild Turkey, same recipe since
0: 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly.
1: Hi there, hockey fans, and welcome back to Little wires signature NHL Hockey Pod podcast with Statsman and AJ. Friends, I'm Paul Bruno, and you can follow me at Statsman22. My co-host, as always, is AJ Scholes, and you can follow him at AJScholes24. We're calling this episode the Trade Deadline Preview Edition It uh, precedes one of my more favorite weeks in the entire NHL schedule where there's all kinds of news and rumors about people possibly players possibly going here there and everywhere and uh, off the top there's some big names to add it to the mix too and it seems like everybody's waiting for what's happening in Ottawa AJ when we talk about two of the biggest names on the board that are in talks and that's Matt Duchesne and Mark Stone uh, uh they and uh, the situation and in Columbus, with Panarin and Bobrovsky, top my list of players to watch and teams to watch in this whole trade extravaganza. And uh, wonder if the deadline uh, has piqued your interest the same as it has mine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think the Rangers are are also an intriguing uh, couple of options with uh, Hayes and Zuccarello there. So, uh, yeah, but I do think I, I think you hit the nail on the head there, uh, Duchene and panarin i think are going to be the first two pieces to go um and so yeah we'll we'll see how that goes but uh it should be an exciting week and uh, we should have a, a kind of uh exciting show next week we'll we'll be meeting back just the day after the trade deadline so we'll have an idea of what the teams are going to look like uh what moves were made so we'll dive into all that next week but before before that we'll get into the speculation this week and even before that I'll remind our listeners that throughout the week if you have questions about your lineups fantasy hockey or just hockey in general if you have questions about you know, potential trades or, you know, if you want to ask us, hey, I think my team should do this, you know, my favorite club should do that. We're happy to try and answer those throughout the week. Uh, as Paul mentioned, you can follow me at two 24 and you can follow Paul, the statsman at Statsman22.
1: All right. And off the top, we can talk about the fact that the Anaheim Ducks have finally won a couple of games. They went two and one last week, snapping an ugly losing streak, but uh, they're uh, rife with players who are Really, in trade rumors as well, because this team's really not going anywhere Uh, the rest of the season. They've lost a lot of ground early on, obviously, with that losing streak, and people are starting to question the big contracts link to Getzlaff and Perry these guys are slowing down maybe even breaking down at this uh, point in their careers they've both played a ton of hockey and it started to show uh, last year even with Corey Perry breaking down and uh, dealing with a long-term injury before he got back in the groove but uh, the talk is about players like Silverberg delzato and Miller a backup goalie is on the wish list of a lot of teams so Ryan Miller even at 38 years old could be a highly sought after commodity but Delzato, a puck moving defense offensive minded defenseman could help a power play Silverberg could boost that any team's top six maybe even a top line if they're looking for offense so what say you about about any of these players or any other news around the ducks
0: i definitely think you kind of hit the nail on the head with those guys you know you look at all three of the main ones you mentioned Silverberg, uh delzato and miller all in expiring contracts and all uh, perhaps more interestingly making you know right around that two million dollar mark delzato is the highest paid at 2.25 million of those three guys So, or I'm sorry, Silverberg's up at at 3.75. But generally speaking, those are all manageable contracts. And then obviously Anaheim could retain salary as well if necessary. Uh, I am back and forth on whether or not I think they would move Ryan Miller, especially... Uh, with you know Gibson hurt right now Chad Johnson's out as well but at the same time their season's basically over Uh, so do you you know kind of turn it over to some of the youngsters like Kevin Boyle and see what he's got that that might be an option I think Miller's probably the most uh, intriguing for for my uh, thoughts here on just to see where he goes and a quick congrats to him I'm becoming uh, you know Paul you probably didn't hear about this up in Canada but Ryan Miller is now the most uh, Uh, winningest U.S.-born netminder in NHL history with a win the other night. So congrats to him.
1: Absolutely did hear that news, uh, AJ. The news doesn't stop at the border. I don't know about (laughs) what Trump is trying to do there, but the news certainly goes over the wall to my hockey ears. And I'm happy to note that uh, a guy who had a great career to date uh, reached that milestone. So good on him. And now we'll go on to uh, the Arizona Ducks. Uh, the arizona ducks how about the arizona coyotes (laughs) let's say that uh, they went two and one last week aj and they got some veteran guys on the ir and it's a shame because a guy like a richard panic would be highly sought after people are going to want to know that he's healthy he's listed as day-to-day with a hurt right now and on the flip side christian Dvorak, a youngster is on the verge of getting back in the lineup they want to get a good look at him but it's the veteran guy that uh, is the focus here for me. And then in addition, I want to note that... Uh on defense. They've got some great work out of a couple of guys. Jordan Osterley has been a real revelation on that blue line. Seven points in his last seven games on an expiring $650,000 cap hit. They're not going to trade him, but they better sign this guy because I think he's going to be a key component on this blue line. And alongside him, they've got a a veteran, Nick Jalmerson. He's been an excellent defensive defenseman this season for the the Coyotes. And uh, top shot blocker, he's locked up for two more years at five, plus million dollars that's a big cap hit there and I wonder if they're thinking of locking up a guy like a Darcy Kemper in goal he's had an outstanding year for a guy who started the year as a backup but he's certainly taken control of the net in Arizona so they've got some players on expiring deals who they should lock up but boy if they ever offered him up in trade there'd be some value there I think
0: well, here, I do think, you know, looking at the numbers, that Osterly is a candidate to potentially get traded. And the reason is next season you're going to have Jakob Cisherin's contract at $4.6 million kicking in. Uh, and that's only good enough to make him the fourth highest paid defenseman <laughs> on their blue line. As you mentioned, Jarmelson at 5 Goligoski at uh, 5.48 essentially uh, and then Oliver Ekman Larson gets a bump next year as well from his five and a half this year to 8.25 million next year so that's a lot of money in those top four guys and I just don't know that they can afford Osterley uh, under the cap now this is a team that is historically very much under the cap, um, but they do have, as you mentioned, if they want to keep Richard Panic, they have to sign him. They've got a handful of RFAs coming up that are going to need new deals, including uh, youngsters Nick Cousin, Larson Kraus. So uh, I just don't see how they fit Osterley next season. And I think that makes him a tradable commodity for them.
1: And up next, we've got to talk about the Boston Bruins. And before we came to air today, I was lamenting the fact that my Maple Leafs are playing very, very well of late. But they've lost ground to the Bruins to the point where they've been passed by the Bees now in the standings, who hold a three-point edge in that all-important race for second place in the division. Leafs do two hold two games in hand. But I watched the game last night with great interest. The Sharks had a three-nothing deficit to overcome at home. They did so, and when I went to bed, it was five to four for the Sharks with four minutes left. I wake up this morning to find out that Boston came back to win in overtime, so, and they did it with a familiar script. The bottom six, which is an area that they like to strengthen, has been carrying the offensive load of late. And one of the guys that's jumped up from those ranks to be a top six guy of late is Jake DeBrusk. He's heating up with eight points now in his last four games played. David Krejci's been an, uh, on a nice run for a while too, cementing his role as one of the premier second line centers in the league he had six points in the last three games before last night and this team's last regulation loss was january 19th so they've been on fire for a long while and i think they could use a bit of a boost on the left wing aj as well as their bottom six their defense looks very sound the goaltending is in order not too many weaknesses for a team going this well
0: no absolutely not and and while there could be some maybe minor deals, you mentioned for for a guy kind of in the bottom, I wouldn't be shocked to see this team stand pat. You've got a number of young guys who are getting looks and, and performing well. Peter uh, Solaric, you've got Trent Frederick, Danton Heinen, uh, you know, Jake DeBrusque, obviously. And so I think there's a, a potential here that they kind of just stand pat, especially as you mentioned that that bottom six, is starting to chip in a little bit more and, and getting some more production out of them. Uh, I definitely could see them not uh, making any moves. Plus, you have to factor in that Passionak will hopefully be back here at some point. Uh, and so that just bolsters a, a forward complement that's actually performing pretty well lately.
1: And the Buffalo Sabres is a team that's going in the opposite direction of the Bruins. They're one and two last week. Uh, looks like they're going to miss the playoffs. There are just too many team good teams ahead of them in the standings. A couple of veterans are on their uh, possible way out here. A longtime Buffalo Sabre, Jason Palmaville, had a bit of a lull in the midseason, but he's picked it up again of late and he, he becomes a very attractive possibility in terms of a Uh, top six addition help on the power play Matt Molson also fits that description though I wouldn't put him in a top six profile but certainly a power play specialist there Uh, one of the troublesome spots here is Kyle Akpozo has had a very injury prone season and he might be lost for an extended period of time after suffering a possible concussion in a recent fight but that gives way to CJ Smith Uh, it gives him a chance to get a look at at maybe a top six role here uh, offensively in the Nets there's been a bit of a surprising development as well as linus Almark is getting more starts than the incumbent starter who has faded a little bit so uh, a bit of a goaltending question there as carter hutton was uh, pretty strong early on this season but uh, maybe wilting under an unusually heavy workload for him
0: yeah this is another team that i think could uh, potentially kind of stand pat here uh, other than maybe pominville as you mentioned uh, i think the big one here for, for me is whether or not they actually think they can get a deal done with Jeff Skinner. Uh, it would be a big contract for somebody to take on, but if they have uh, indications that he's not going to come back or that he's going to test uh, free agency rather than signing an extension, uh, you have to at least consider the possibility of potentially moving him. I don't think they will. I don't necessarily think they should. Um, But it's similar to the situation in Ottawa with Matt Duchesne. If the contract extension talks just aren't there or just aren't getting anywhere, uh, you have to at least consider uh, pulling the trigger on that move.
1: And uh, we will refer to the cap friendly and the salary uh, website that are out there uh, talking about the next club and uh, several others but Calgary has a very nice look when you look at the salary cap structure of this team nobody's on a contract that even pays them more than seven million dollars so they've been able to structure a team that's become one of the powers in the Western Conference quite quickly and uh, one of the blows that they have to deal with right now though is James Neal might be lost to this club so they'll be looking to fortify their top six I think uh, because this guy was a guy they've been waiting on all year long and now they might have lost him so they I think they have some opportunities here to strengthen this team at the second center position and then on the right side as well so look for Calgary I think to make some moves here they have they have some room and some opportunity to do so AJ and I look for them to be a player at the deadline because uh, they're right there.
0: Absolutely. And I think there could be uh, a market for, you know, some of their younger uh, defensemen here, Rasmus, Anderson, Oliver, uh, Kylington. I think both could be pieces uh, that teams would want uh, to, to you know, as part of a, a deal the other way. Um, so that'll obviously be kind of the key here uh, to, to what they do down the stretch. You know, you look a little bit deeper uh, into their, you know, kind of bullpen here uh a tyler Grayovac could get some looks ryan lomberg uh, or yussi valamaki I, although i don't think they're really they'd be willing to part with him it'd have to be a pretty big pickup a pretty big ad uh for them to to part ways with him but they have some very intriguing uh, you know guys playing in the minors on deals right now that could uh, be attractive to a team trying to rebuild, trying to put together uh, some prospects and willing to you know flip that for that big top six uh, guy.
1: And we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Austin Zarnick. He's getting a longer look now uh, with the big club, scoring a couple of goals in his last two games. And uh, in the absence of James Neal, maybe this is a guy that they're going to plug into that role if they cannot find a replacement in the trade market. Uh, next up, the Carolina Hurricanes. They went 3-0 and last week. They're right there on the fringe of playoff competition. Uh, right there with your penguins i might add aj and i don't know how worried you are about that scenario but they're in the news lately for a lot of good things that are happening on the ice we'll get to one of those other things later in the show but for now the, if they make it i think i don't know if they add too much at the deadline but if they are going to fall out then there's a couple of guys that become very interesting very quickly and that's williams and furland among the forwards two physical guys William particularly has a bit of a playoff ped- pedigree and a history in him that would make him instantly attractive and then McElhinney and the Nets has been a total revelation to a lot of people I, I saw him with the Leafs for a couple of years as a really good backup but he's taken the reins and become the uh, top star- starter here on the season when you look at it and would be a, a real good fit as a backup find to any team looking for help at the deadline uh, I don't know if it would cost that much to get him but uh, for the time being Carolina might have done themselves a disservice in the trade deadline by playing so well and being right there on the cusp of postseason
0: participation. that's certainly a good a good call there paul uh i think if this team does uh if they're buying you're looking at adding forward uh depth for sure if you're selling it's coming from the blue line i think there's a ton of kind of uh really intriguing options here brett pesci might be the most Uh, kind of intriguing there he's just 24 years old his cap hit is a little high for an in-season trade at at just over four million dollars but it's certainly manageable uh you know justin falk maybe as well i'd be shocked if they made that move but of course he's only got one more year on his deal at 4.85 million you know this is a club that's actually spending more on its blue line uh, than its forward complement. Currently, the six guys there are making just about 27 million dollars, and their forwards. Obviously, this excludes Jordan Stahl, who's on IR right now. But their 12-man forward complement is at 22 million. So uh, I think that gives you an indication too of where they they would add and where they would sell uh, from. You know heading into the deadline but what they do i think is definitely to your point uh, going to be intriguing to watch as they figure out are they buyers making a playoff push are they sellers uh you know Planning for next year, so we'll see what happens.
1: Well, we're going to talk next about a few teams that are competing for that the wild card position in the Western Conference. Chicago uh, is the next team we'll profile. They're right there with Colorado and Dallas fighting for the last couple of wild card spots. Minnesota in the mix as well. Uh, so we'll look at the Hawks and say, you know what? A couple of weeks ago, they looked like a team that would be selling at the deadline. And if they do continue to look that way, then they have a goalie in the mix, Cam Ward, who who might be attractive as a backup type uh forwards you mentioned last week chris kunitz is a valuable guy if you're looking at bottom six step and marcus Kruger could solidify uh, the forward position as well in terms of expendable parts in chicago but right now it's it's fun to talk about this team and how hot they've been to draw this close to a playoff position patrick kane continues to stay on fire with six points in his last three games before last night's shootout uh that saw a pile of goals in that game. Alex Dabrink had participated in that as well. We've talked about him and Strone lighting things up. And really, that's been the difference in Chicago since they united these guys and found a second line. This team has really taken off, and Cahoon fills out that unit. This guy's had four multi-hit multi-point games in his last seven starts before last night too so the offense has really caught fire here and if they stay in the mix I don't think they'll make any moves at the deadline to uh, strip this team but uh, if they do fall off the veterans are the couple of guys that I could see moving out.
0: I really don't see a whole lot of moves coming out of Chicago this year just because you know this is a team that has for for several years is just getting back to the point of having a really deep uh, bench in terms of you know uh, guys in the minors they've worked their way back into that for you know while they were doing their cup runs they were trade away prospect win now uh, and certainly it paid off for them they they got those three titles uh, over that stretch and so I think because they're just getting back into it and having some options there, I think they're not going to want to sell those guys In order to bring in uh, star talent and if they are sellers i think the pieces that are most desirable on this team in terms of actual on ice production uh, are coming off at probably too high of a price tag to make an in-season move you know brandon sod six million for a couple more years artem and four you know you did mention kunitz and kruger those are some uh, relatively minor deals that could get done Um, But everybody else, I think, is too big of a price tag to really make it work. So I'm not expecting really any moves uh, coming out of the Windy City.
1: And in Colorado, boy, we've lamented the fact that this has been a one-line team all season long, AJ. And really, that's been their undoing. They had a great start. The season with Landis Cog McKinnon and Ranton and carrying them, but those guys must have tired under the weight of the that burden, and the team has fallen off uh, of late really they they have to search for a way to build up their their offensive complement beyond these three guys, and maybe splitting them up is the answer for the time being so i don 't see them as a team that 's going to be adding players here, but one of the parts that they were hoping to move was if they were going to be dealing was colin wilson this guy 's a a uh, top six candidate uh, on most units uh, forward ranks if he's healthy. But right now he's on the sidelines. Ian Cole's another guy could help on the blue line. But both these guys on the, uh, are on the IR. So I think it could be a quiet uh, venture into the trade deadline for these guys unless they decide to get really uh, creative and move on Semyon Varlamov. He's got an expiring contract. He's been their presumptive number one goalie for the last couple of seasons, but it really hasn't materialized in terms of anything great for the fortunes of this franchise. So if they want to really shake things up, you might see Semyon Varlamov on the move here.
0: I think you're absolutely correct that uh, they're really uh, their two biggest probably potential trade pieces uh, are both on the shelf right now which is really going to hurt them uh, heading forward the only other name maybe you toss out there is a Patrick Niemeth. Uh he's making just 2.5 million on an expiring deal I think he's uh, certainly uh, a prime candidate for you know Maybe maybe he could push for a second pairing on on the right team. Uh, Third pairing kind of depth guy. I think he would uh, really help any team that would need him. But uh, it's a question, again, of whether or not they feel that they need to be sellers right now. And I just don't see. Uh, a lot of additions coming in. They could make a move for somebody. Uh, hey, they could bring Matt Duchesne back. Do you think uh, they want him? <laughs> probably not after the parting shots he took on the organization, All huh? Right, right. No question about that there. And we mentioned off the top, there are two
1: teams that probably control the direction of this. these trade deadline talks. Uh, one of them is up next, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Certainly, there are rumors have been plentiful about Bobrovsky and Panarin maybe even going off as a tandem a pairing to uh, a suitor out there and they've been linked a lot to the Florida Panthers who've been clearing a lot of salary to make room for such a a venture Uh, I don't know if you can call that tampering or not AJ but certainly the names of Bobrovsky and Panarin are at the top of the trade deadline uh, feature sheet if you will and uh, that's that's uh, on a team that's headed to the playoffs if they decide to keep these guys as own rentals they're going to be a formidable formidable squad down the stretch because I've always liked the makeup of this team's size on uh, offense uh, and, and the quality of the, and the depth of their defense. If I can highlight needs, I might suggest that they need some consistency out of their second center slot right now. It's Boone Jenner and Alex Wenberg who volleyed that back and forth in the absence of a healthy Brandon Davinsky. But that's an area that I could see, I could see them shoring up if they decide to try and go for it before these guys do leave. Uh, on the defense, Ryan Murray's had a pretty nice year and he augmented that with four points last week. He's been a quiet, uh, bit of a surprise here on a defense that features Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski is the guys that most people talk about and uh, like I said if they make it to the playoffs and uh, keep these guys as own rentals they'll be a noisy team in the postseason. I think.
0: Absolutely and I think you uh, brought up an interesting thing with Ryan Murray uh, definitely uh, kind of exceeding expectations now having a really good season he might make a very intriguing ad piece outside uh, for another team outside of Panarin uh, and Bobrowski, someone that they could par- potentially part ways with what makes him that much more intriguing is the fact that he would be an RFA so you're you're sort of renting him for this year but you do still retain his rights moving forward so uh that really is kind of the one move maybe this team would make that uh would be interesting the other kind of uh crazy idea I've seen out there is that this team does the opposite of what everybody's expecting you know I think Panarin being traded away is what everybody's uh, anticipating but what if they added a big name player like a duchene and just said you know what Uh, we might lose all three of these guys after the year's over but we're going to make a run at it this year Uh, it's certainly something that they could consider i think they've got a lot of depth options uh, that would be intriguing to a team like ottawa to make a big move like that Ultimately, I don't expect it. I think they'll, uh, they'll move Panarin for sure, maybe Bobrovsky, uh, but it would be really intriguing to see them make a big deal the other way.
1: And we talked about a a couple of teams that have been uh, one-line squads. The next squad up, Dallas Stars, has been another one of those clubs with Ben Sagan and Raduloff once again together and really carrying the load offensively here. This team is currently holding on to the top wildcard spot in the West, but it's a tenuous grip with all the teams that are behind them chomping at their heels and so I wonder if, if maybe they take a look and say you know what maybe this this is uh, not a situation where we want to think about loading up but maybe discarding a couple of pieces uh, that might be helpful to other clubs and that's where I'm, I want to focus on Jason Spezza and Roman Polak. Spezza is a guy who's lost his offensive groove it seems here in the last year and a half but I think this is a guy who uh, has a lot of playoff experience and might uh, spice things up if he gets a bit of a different look and a different organization Roman Polak you know what you get from him he's the highly sought after commodity that is a right-handed shot defenseman here so many teams needing a piece like this this guy's also tough as nails so those are two guys that could find their way out if Dallas decides to pivot from their current situation as a fringe playoff participant and uh, really try to get something for some of these spare parts
0: I think Roman Polak is uh, the most likely candidate uh, to be moved by the stars uh, to your point you know you look at the rest of their blue line options here they've got Connor Carrick uh, they've got Miro Heiskanen they've got Julius Honka and even Taylor Fadun is a little bit of a veteran experience there so I do think uh, Roman Polak becomes expendable now Fadoon could also be uh, an intriguing option to be moved you know he's on an expiring deal he's making just uh, 650,000 this year that's manageable by pretty much any team in the league at this point in terms of cap space i think even edmonton could figure out how to make that deal work but not that i think he's going there but uh just to point out you know that intriguing contract situation so i think Pollock is the most likely i think you're right with that uh, but i would not be shocked to see taylor uh-huh. do here
1: All right, up next, we got to talk about the Detroit Red Wings. This is a team that uh, plays in that tough Atlantic division. They didn't figure to be a factor until the trade deadline with some of their veteran guys maybe being on the block, and so we'll go through a couple of those names before I mention another intriguing possibility. In the Nets, Jimmy Howard's had a nice year, another nice year here, and boy, I think he would be a welcome addition to any team that's looking for goaltending help. He's on the tail end of a contract situation here that, uh, doesn't obligate anybody on the season so that's that's the bit of good news around him but uh, he's not the only expendable part here uh, that would make some sense to a team looking for help Nicholas Cronwall has uh, played top pairing minutes for the Wings most of the season with Mike Green and uh, he is a guy that's tough as nails and has been through a lot of playoff wars could be a a nice addition to the depth of a a blue line and up front Thomas Vanik is a guy who's enjoyed uh, his time in Detroit as well playing well on the power play here's a he's pretty much a power play specialist here but could be plugged in as a top six forward to for a team looking for help I think Calgary would be a nice fit for him quite off the top of my head but an intriguing name has popped up here that that I don't know why the the wings would include him in a deal or trade talks right now but Gustav Nyquist is a name that's popped up AJ and I wonder if you think that he might be a guy that Detroit would move if they do I would think he would attract a lot of interest
0: For me, you know, for me, I think in terms of Nyquist, this is what Detroit's probably doing right now. They're not shopping him, but they're not going to, you know, turn down uh, phone calls and they'll listen to offers. And I think basically what you'll see is it it will have to be a pretty nice return on investment uh, for them to be willing to move Nyquist here. I get that he's going to be a UFA next season, but all indications from what I've heard uh, would seem to point to a willingness to re-sign and, and sign an extension. But I don't think they were are unwilling to listen to offers. So if somebody comes in and wows them, I think it's definitely a possibility. It for sure is going to have to be uh, probably a uh, Maybe not a first, but probably at least a second-round pick uh, tossed in there with uh, probably a prospect or two in order for them to be willing to do it. In my opinion,
1: I think you had to canvas your buddies there at home office who are Red Wings fans, ardent Red Wings fans, to see what they might think about such a move. I, I think it would be met with a lot of angst uh, among the Red Wings uh, nation of fans uh following that group we have to look at the tire fire that is known as the edmonton oilers aj there's no other way to describe the fact that this team boasts the best player in hockey and another one of the top players at the center position in Mac- McDavid and Drysidel and yet they're going to be on the outside looking in. They're on a four-game losing streak again. They've made some strange moves uh, prior to the deadline. Yassi Yarvi is a guy that they really don't know what to do with. He's a recent top draft pick of theirs, one, another one that's failed. Boy, we haven't heard that m- much in the history of the, <laughs> of the Oilers, have we? He's landed on the IR kind of curiously, and so has Jujar Kaira, the uh, puyarvi's a pending rfa as well so they've really got, got to figure out what to do with these youngsters both of whom i think could be in the mix uh, offensively here but just haven't really panned out they also sent brandon manning to the minors to clear space ahead of the deadline on their salary cap Uh, On the other way, uh, coming up, Josh Curry's a guy who's having a very nice offensive year in Bakersfield. Let me be the first one to do an AHL reference on this show, AJ. He's been recalled, (laughs) and we'll get a look on the big club here. He's had a fantastic offensive outburst, and I wouldn't mind seeing him get a top six look here because they need help to plug in the holes around their two dominant centers here uh that i see if if they're looking to move players chase and petrovic are names that i've heard on the trade wires that would help uh, the the depth on forward and on defense for uh, teams but boy both of those guys i bet you they have their pack, bags
0: packed already to get away from this mess yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean uh i i think it'll be interesting to see what happens at noon today in terms of brandon manning they had to put him on uh you know on injured reserve, uh, or on waivers rather in yeah. order to move him, uh, to the minors. So could certainly be, uh, snatched up there. Uh, what's interesting obviously is they made the trade, uh, to bring him in under the, you know, the previous, uh, you know, kind of administration, if you will. Uh, you know, they sent Jason Garrison and Drake Kajula to Chicago for Manning and, uh, you know, prospect Robin Norrell, And so what they do, you know, it does Manning, offer enough is he intriguing enough at a 2.25 million dollar cap hit for a team to take him i'm going to say yes i'll be a little surprised honestly if he clears waivers today uh and it'll be just that much more money uh that this team buries in the minors Uh, and uh you know the struggles continue as you pointed out
1: well, and in Florida, boy, there's been some uh, some news around them over the last twenty four hours that I might share with you that you, you might not be aware of. I'll throw that out, AJ, in a sec. But we can talk about names like Brassard, McGinn, and Sheehan. These are three depth forwards that are facing UFA possibility in the off season, so they're easily discardable from the Florida situation. They're in the market for a uh, top flight goalie, and Bobrovsky, as we've said before, that's because their current veter- veteran duo has. Just basically flopped uh, this year, and so they've got to find a way to do an upgrade over Luongo and Reimer, and certainly Bavrovsky would fit that bill. And I think he'd be re- motive- re-energized and motivated by that. But the intriguing bit of news out of Florida most recently is that Jonathan Huberdo is a guy who has really been on the outs with a couple of the assist- at least one of the assistant coaches all year long, it seems. And uh, if you're looking for a blockbuster move here, the the name of Huberto might be floated out. Uh, he's got a contract obligation for the next several years, but an affordable one. He's one of the top wingers in, in hockey when healthy, and he has been for much of the last couple of years, so strutted his su- stuff well. But I, I'm thinking that the, the Florida coaching staff is a bit down on his defensive responsibilities. He's uh, kind of a one-way player here and might be looking for a... Uh, uh, a new start somewhere else and and uh, if there are takers this guy has a ton of skill and would look really good uh, in uh, most other offenses around the league just as he has in Florida leading the way there
0: well if he want if he doesn't want to play defense I don't think Columbus is the best place for him to go uh, John Tortorella does not uh, tolerate that kind of play if he wants to get better defensively it might be a great spot for him to go so potentially you know Huberto Panarin uh, in some sort of mix here i think if they do make a deal to bring in uh bob Roski, it has to include uh reimer or luongo going the other way if only to get out from under uh kind of the cap hit there uh you can you're already paying those the two guys they have eight million and bob Roski has a pretty big uh contract uh to kind of fit in there so uh again This team is all over the place in terms of what they might do. You know, Broussard and Sheehan are are both candidates to go. You mentioned Huberdeau bringing in Bobrovsky, potentially Vinny Trocek's name has been tossed around. You know, you look at their leadership group, uh, Alexander Barkov as their captain is the only one whose name isn't on there. But you got assistants Trocek and Huberdeau getting uh, potentially shopped around. Uh, And so this is probably the most intriguing club to watch to see what they do here.
1: And uh, in Los Angeles, you're talking about a team that's definitely on the outside of the playoff race here. But the troubling thing for them is that they've got a lot of money tied up in several players who uh, have those shiny rings that you get when you win the Stanley Cup on their shelves. (laughs) And uh, they're going to be there for a while. I'm talking about the likes of Kopitar and Brown and Carter up front and certainly Doughty on the blue line and then the Nets. They've got uh, a commitment, too, with Jonathan Quick that goes out uh, several years. But around them, there's really not a lot in the system, uh, at least on the main roster here, that is shining right now. We've talked about the disappointments uh, in the year. Tyler Toffoli tops that list for me. But uh, in terms of expendable parts that could be moved, I could see Carl, ha- Carl Haglin. This guy, his nickname should be Suitcase, AJ. He's been moved around quite a bit the last <laughs> few years. And Oscar Fantenberg is a depth defenseman whose name has been out there. But I've heard even most recently that uh, they moved J- uh, Jake Muzzin to the Leafs, obviously, but his old defense partner is uh, also in the, in the mix in terms of possible trade tradable parts. And that's Alec Martinez, uh, and one of the another guy who's had uh, Stanley Cup success as well so uh, he's on the on the sidelines with a bit of a day-to-day bump now but if they're looking to get something significant back he's the guy I think they should be marketing here
0: I'd really be shocked if they were able to move Carl Haglin. I just you know I I think the Haglin for Pearson deal made sense because you have two guys both struggling in their current place and so you flip them uh, to potentially see if that ignites anything for him uh, it started out great for, for uh, you know, for Pearson there, but uh, he's been shelved in a healthy scratch the last couple of games for the penguins here. Uh, and so, yeah, to move Hagelin, I, I just don't know that there's a market for that. One guy who might be a little more intriguing is a Kyle Clifford. You know, he's got one more year after this season at 1.6 million. He's just 28 years old. Could be a nice depth uh, add piece. And it's not a full on year one year rental. So, Uh, it'll be interesting to watch and to see Ilya Kovalchuk's name has been tossed around a little bit as potentially trying to go somewhere again I don't know that there's a market for that unless the Kings want to retain salary but I don't think they want to be paying him for another two years exactly
1: and in Minnesota this is a team that currently has the last second the second wild card spot in the west but a narrow one-point lead over three other teams and really they've suffered a terrible blow with the loss of Miko Koivu at center and it might cause them to pivot and say you know what things are really going south here we, we might have to bail and if they do I could see Eric Stahl's name being on the trade wire here uh, AJ this is a veteran guy who's had tremendous success in in his time in Minnesota basically rehabbing a flagging career when he arrived there and now he becomes a guy who's near the end of the trail but could be a real good addition he's on an expiring deal as a 34 year old center a big rangy guy with a ton of offensive skills would look good in the top six on a contending team that is going forward it beyond that they have uh, fourth line center eric fair who's been a, a pretty solid depth guy uh, around the league for years and anthony boteto on the blue line is a guy who i like and i know you'd have some time for him too as a depth defenseman that could help bolster a team's uh, third pairing let's say out there so really the c- decision hinges on whether minnesota f- uh, flat uh, kind of fans their faint playoff hopes or decides to cash in and and say you know what we have a couple of parts that could move and and bolster our future
0: i think if uh minnesota makes any moves i actually expect it to be a little bit uh potentially minor league moves for guys that could uh get call-ups with their new team so a couple of names i'll toss out there uh jt brown i think he's playing uh 28 years old he's got one more year after this I think he could be an intriguing uh, depth call-up. They've got him in Iowa right now. Uh, same with Nate Prosser; he's on an expiring deal. Uh, I think there's potential there on on certain teams for him to maybe get in the mix, especially if somebody picks up uh, an injury in the next couple of days and needs to add some, you know, blue line depth. And then, lastly, I'll mention Andrew Hammond, the the netminder, 31 years old. Uh, again, another guy an expiring deal. And they've got some younger uh, guys that they're looking at more long term. So I think moving him uh, really just clears up some more ice time uh, in Iowa there. So a number of guys that could be moved and potentially get looks, you know, again, if if a team needs kind of a a more veteran guy. Hammond's 31 years old, uh, could, you know, kind of serve as a a decent backup, I think, uh, on a club that might need it. So those are some kind of minor league guys uh, that if moved could make an impact uh, towards the end of the season.
1: Well, we've talked all year long about the Montreal Canadiens surprisingly being in contention for a playoff spot. They still are. They hold the second wildcard spot, a narrow one-point edge over Carolina, as we implied that the Hurricanes are in the mix there. But uh, the Canadians are tied with Pittsburgh right now with 69 points, but they're going in very different directions from the Pens, having lost their last four games picked a bad time for their first slump of the season but I think this team could be a player in terms of looking for help at the deadline their needs I think are for some physicality up front they'd love to get a a rangy physical center in the top six Uh, they're built around some a couple of uh, smallish centers there in terms of Domi and Dano, you can't sell them short for their offensive skills but I think in the playoffs when the checking gets more more close uh, tough and hard these guys are going to be up against it facing some bigger players they also could use some defensive depth beyond Shea Weber and Petrie on the blue line who've been stalwarts but beyond them it gets thin real quick.
0: Yeah, I, I don't love a lot of you know a lot of this roster makeup other than the handful of guys you mentioned. Uh, I do think they would need to add at least uh, one piece, if not more. Uh, and I, I just don't know that you know that they're going to be willing to pay the price for that. I do think one guy that could maybe head the other way would be Carl Alsner. They've got him uh, sitting in the minors on a, a pretty significant 3.6 million dollar cap hit. The problem with alsner is that he's got three more years on his deal after this one, um, but that is a lot of money to pay a guy to you know play uh, in the AHL and perhaps again this is another guy that could uh, be a bottom pairing uh, you know defenseman uh, or even a depth defenseman on a club that might need a little bit of stabilization on the blue line
1: and then up next, we talk about the Nashville club there the Predators they they are a solid team uh, we know that they're always in the Stanley Cup conversation when we talk about preseason they've done nothing all year long to make me sway from the fact that they, I still think they're one of the top contenders in the West but they need some, somebody to show up on the wings to help their top two centers there Kevin Fial is a guy that's been disappointment for me uh, I think AJ they got to find a way to get more out of him and if they can't they got to find a way to shore up their top, uh, top top two lines on the wing position here also they're looking for kyle tourist to get up to speed post injury so really the the finest additions that i could see for nashville might come from within in terms of these two players and uh that's what i'm looking at here more uh growth and production from guys that i i thought that would be a bigger part of this offensive mix
0: well i agree i think if you see a move it'll be uh, to bring some guys up and you know after uh after the deadline here uh, or after the trade deadline, the, the 23-man roster limit gets lifted. Obviously, you still need to fit under the cap, um, but it gives you the option to bring in some guys. And I think one player who could get a look is Eli Tolvainen, uh playing with the Admirals right now. He's got 19 points in 37 games. Uh, it's definitely a strong uh, candidate. They selected him 30th overall in 2017, and I think that's where you're going to see them add some winger depth is a, a guy like Tolvanen. Uh, perhaps Lauren Dauphin could get uh, a call up as well. Uh, they made a minor league move for Adam Helwicki, uh or Hellawicka. Hel- that's probably still wrong, but that's what I'm going with Hel- <laughs> Um And so, Close Yeah. So there's a bunch of guys that I think they could add. Uh, from the system and I think that's where you're going to see them uh, bolster their kind of forward complement and shuffle these guys in a little bit they're not going to do anything on the blue line that's pretty much uh, set and they're solid in net. so uh, I don't see them making any more moves I think Brian Boyle's addition was the the, really the last uh, piece for them heading forward
1: and looking at the New Jersey situation you know first of all I'll say that they're one of the teams that spends the least among uh, the NHL's 31 clubs so there's lots of room to add salary, but I don't know how inclined they are. There are some teams that just don't spend to the cap, so caution your your look there when you see that possibility. I just don't think they'll exercise it they have several parts that could be attractive to other teams. Uh, Marcus Johansson, to me, tops that list. Uh, Winger, who has some great experience as a power play forward. Uh, he had a, a bit of an injury-prone se- Marcus Johansson's had a bit of an injury-prone season for them. But he's back in the lineup playing second-line minutes with Heischer and Bratt on what should be a pretty steady unit there. But I think he's a guy that would help offensively around the league. Ben Lovejoy is another guy that you are familiar with on the blue line could be a a helpful piece in terms of a team looking for a bottom six pairing third third pairing defensive type. Drew Stafford's another guy that could help offensively as well he fits the profile of maybe I'll call him Johansson Light as a comparison here. Similar type players here offensively skilled and good power play guy so these are the marketable commodities that I see out of the New Jersey Devils here and it behooves them to move them to get some uh, some more prospects for the future.
0: Yeah, I think obviously if Taylor Hall doesn't get injured, this is a team uh, that would firmly have found themselves in the buyer category here. Um, but it's just not not going to happen this season. Uh, Keith Kincaid, I think, is the one name uh, that you didn't mention that could show up on this uh, trade list. He's on an expiring deal. 1.25 is manageable. And I think the performance of Blackwood uh, earlier in the season gives them a little bit of uh, you know, support there and in, in, in possibly making that move. They do also have Eddie Lack in the minors. He's a name we haven't heard for a while, but uh, another option for them to maybe move is some team, uh, again, wants to add a, a more a little more of a veteran guy uh, at the bottom and, and probably pay a pretty minimal price to get a guy uh, like Eddie Lack.
1: Well, I talked about the last team, New Jersey, having a lot of money to spend, probably not going to do it. I wonder if the Islanders are different in that profile. They're near the bottom of the league in terms of expenditures, but and they have a whole host of players that are potential UFAs, but they're key to their success here. I'm talking about top six forwards, Nelson, Lee, and Everly, all needing new contracts. I don't think they're going to let any one of those three guys go. Maybe Val Philpola is on the bubble, though, and uh, might be a, a part that they might move in a deal if it's a hockey deal, money for money to bolster their needs they certainly need a bit of assistance on the left side here offensively uh, and I also like to see them bolster their defensive depth although I've been touting their second D pairing uh, maybe should be their first one when you consider how steady Pellick and Pullick have been Letty and Boychuk have had nice rebound seasons, particularly Letty solidifying the defense as uh, as opposed to being a huge minus player that he was last year
0: yeah, I definitely agree that I think defense uh, could be uh, where they add. And I, th- I think one way to get that might be to include a guy like a Lucas Pisa uh, in a deal the other way. So you bring in a kind of a higher profile defenseman, a, a little more established guy. You send Spisa, maybe another prospect or some trade picks uh, the other way. I think that's probably what you're going to see most out of them. Uh, in terms of forward complement. I really don't see them adding anything. Uh, especially if they're going to get Andrew Ladd and Thomas Hickey back anytime soon, Uh, you know, forward and D there. And in that sense, if they can get those guys in, uh, I think it makes them a a significantly better team. So I don't expect a ton of moves out of the Islanders. Uh, Again, as you pointed out, they don't want to tie up a lot of cap space for the future because they do need uh, to re-up some significant uh, players for them
1: the new york rangers you mentioned off the top a couple of players we'll talk about them a little bit more and kevin hayes and matt zuccarello featured in trade rumors that i'm hearing hayes particularly makes a lot of sense talked about the need of teams to bolster their center position this guy's a big rangy guy pardon the pun rangy ranger how about that (laughs) and uh size that's bad Paul. Size, that one was bad size <laughs> offensive skills uh, abound in hayes zuccarello also one of these top six forwards who's had a nice career in new york five points in his last three games indicate that he would be a nice ad for a playoff bound team and then another name cropped up recently in, t- in terms of defensive help. This guy is not going to break the bank, and he's not going to be an offensive dynamo, but Adam McQuaid plays the game as tough as anybody in the league and would be a nice fit on several blue lines looking to, to maybe get a tougher look, and I can think of one that's pretty close to where I live that would fit that bill. Kevin Shattenkirk had four points last week. You wonder if the Rangers would like to get out from under his onerous contract. Four points in one week, not enough to do that. He's going to have to show it on a more regular basis for the Rangers to find a suit For that $6.6 million cap hit over the next two seasons.
0: Yeah, I don't see anybody touching Shattenkirk with a 10 foot pole at this point. Um, But, you know, stranger things have happened, obviously. Uh, The trade deadline does make uh, for some interesting times there. I, I think you've hit the nail on the head for most of the guys. Obviously, Hayes and Zuccarello are the big profile movers here uh, and I think the most likely to go. I actually think that Zuccarello probably makes more sense than, than Hayes a little bit in terms of contract. Uh, adding you know teams like to add veterans this time of year obviously you know Kevin Hayes is is not you know a 19 year old kid he's 26 years old but you know Zuccarello has been around the block a little bit more and so I think that's a, a, an intriguing option and one other name I'll just top, toss out there is Matt Bileski, uh playing down in the minors again uh, you know the, these are, the reason I bring these guys up is because they're obviously not having an impact on their current team, um, but they have shown uh, some capability where they could earn their way uh, on another club when it's clearly not going to happen with the current one. So, you know, the Rangers uh, clearly don't see him in their lineup, and so there's no reason to keep him around, uh, and they might be willing to part ways with a guy like that for, you know, a pretty reasonable price.
1: Well, the Ottawa Senators are a team and I got to feel sorry for their fan base, AJ. I got to say because the names that they're they're uh, including in trade rumors uh, include Matt Duchesne and Mark Stone, ordinarily teams should be looking at thinking of locking up their top two offensive pieces here, the Senators are talking about jettisoning at least one of them in trade talks and uh, I'm I'm not sure i like that situation at all either uh, but for what it's worth stone would be a great fit on any team in the league i'll say as a top line winger hard and soul type guy plays it physical has a rocket of a shot and coming off a se- 7.3 million dollar cap hit looking for a new deal so it's gonna have to be a team that can afford to keep them if they're looking at long a long-term ad but if you're looking for a short-term ad a lot of teams, every team should be calling on this guy. And the same goes for Matt Duchesne, solid tops, uh, top top uh, scoring line, center playmaker, and a great skater. Two great fits on any, any team looking to bolster their offense. But there are some other options here that aren't getting a lot of, a lot of uh, talk. One is Cody Cece, a pending RFA. So I don't know how expendable he is, but he would look great on uh, a top Uh, two pairings let's say of a a lot of teams looking to bolster their top two defensive pairings Ryan Zingle is another guy who's had a fine offensive uh, growth in Ottawa the last two seasons playing on a a much cheaper salary right now than uh, the aforementioned players but looking for a pay raise next year but certainly could be uh, a help to any team looking to bolster their offense here
0: Well, and I almost wonder if they'd be willing to part ways with Anders Nilsson as well, Uh, headed on to an expiring contract. They've got some young netminders that I know uh, they're going to want to get some more extended looks at, and Marcus Hogberg and Philip Gustafsson. Uh, So uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see Nilsson uh, flip as well. But as you mentioned off the top, Duchesne and Stone, are the key pieces here, and once I think once the Duchene trade uh, gets finalized, that sounds like that's pretty much a lock to happen. At this point, it's just a matter of who. I think that'll open the floodgates for the rest of the league.
1: Yeah, that certainly looks like the turnkey situation in Philadelphia. This is a team that. Looks like it's going to finish on the outside just by a hair. There were three and one last week. They have some parts that are being talked about in trade. Cam Talbot, Talbot was just picked up in a deal, and it looks like the Flyers are looking to flip him to a team looking to help uh, get help in the nets. Brian Elliott could be another option there. This team has a lot of veteran goalies in the system now after... Picking up so many of them during the course of the season, AJ. It seems <laughs> offensively too. The name that is most closely linked to trade rumors around this club is Wayne Simmons. He's a great uh, physical winger with some offensive skills as well that teams are salivating at the prospect of plugging into their lineups. I can think of three teams in the Atlantic Division that will be vying for his services, for instance, including another one that's just down the road for me. And uh, Mike Mike <laughs> Raffle is another guy that uh, is uh, Raffle is another guy that is another guy that uh, should be in trade talks this guy's been a top six forward uh, for for years and now he's kind of fallen down the depth chart here overpassed by the likes of Lindbaum and Lawton on the left side here but I think he's a piece that would look attractive uh, in uh, in the offensive mix of another club looking for a bit of a boost I like him that much
0: yeah I expect uh Brian Elliott to be the one that they move here uh in terms of you know the goaltenders and probably Mike McKenna as well uh who could find himself on waivers and get picked up that way but uh, you know the thing is everything that we kind of heard with the Talbot trade uh was you know his relationship with carter hart and the fact that these two trained in the offseason he'd be a solid veteran guy to kind of uh you know lead hart through the ups and downs and the fact that they do have kind of that pre-existing uh friendship there i think really uh, could help uh them develop their young netminder here so i think brian elliott's probably done i would expect him to maybe get a start this week uh he's coming off the ir today it sounds like and so uh getting him uh letting him showcase that he's healthy in a game I, i wouldn't be shocked to see that happen this week uh and then uh you know see him flipped uh you know later saturday sunday maybe even monday
1: And uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, a team that you're very familiar with, AJ. I'm going to lean on you here a little bit, but my observations first, as usual, uh, I think they need a goalie. They got got to get uh, past Matt Murray. I don't think he's the guy that's going to do it again for them. I'll, I'll be that bold and say it. Uh, I'd like to see them upgrade that position big time Uh, they also need a little bit of help on the left wing and uh, bottom six offensively and maybe a little bit of defensive help and you know Jim Rutherford's going to do something that's why I put a lengthy uh, laundry list of wants here because I think there's ample opportunity for him to look anywhere on this roster and upgrade it not to say that they haven't been playing great because they have look at what Crosby has done 10 points in four games Malkin six points in three games Chris Letang leading all d-men with six points in four games last week hey man this team is scary i'll say that uh out loud but there are some holes here i'd like to see the upgrade in the nets though i
0: i would be pretty shocked if they brought in somebody uh to to take over for for murray here i think uh you know maybe they want a, a, a more veteran presence other than casey de smith but they did uh just kind of commit to de smith for another three years after this season at a pretty manageable price tag uh, you know, they've got Murray on a bridge deal right now. Essentially, they're still going to get him as an RFA uh, after, you know, uh, you know, two seasons out. And so uh, I would be surprised if they made the move away from him. Uh, you know, I- I'd love to see them bring Marc-Andre Fleury back. That would be amazing. <laughs> but uh, I certainly don't see that happening. There's not enough cap space uh, to to make that viable. But Uh, I think they're going to ride it out at this point. They're just getting Justin Schultz back. He's been out uh, almost the entire season uh, with that leg injury. Uh, They're getting Malcolm playing. They've got a couple of guys who have stepped up that they're really uh, intrigued with. And Teddy Bluger, Zach Assen and Reese missed some time on IR as well. And he seems to be slotting in pretty, pretty well. Uh, maybe, you know, if Tanner Pearson's not going to play, maybe they try and see if somebody will take him off their hands to free up a little bit of cap space. Obviously you don't want to be paying a guy 3.75 million to watch from the press box, uh, especially when you have some youngsters on RFAs kind of uh, outshining him there. So, Uh, We'll see what happens with him. I think that's really the only place uh, that I see them selling from. Again, an upgrade at the Nets wouldn't uh, be a bad thing for this team. At this point, Murray has really struggled, um, but I just don't see it happening.
1: In San Jose, this is a team that's getting ready for the playoffs. You can see it in a game, even though they lost like last night. The signature players are performing. I'm talking about Couture, Thornton, Pavelski. They're scoring. They're lighting things up offensively playing a good two-way game here, and uh, it's hidden the fact that Martin Jones has not had an outstanding year And then that's They're going to lean on him, and they have a pretty nice goalie tandem in any case with him and Aaron Dell. The blue line also has features two superstars. Beyond them, I'd like to see them get a little more depth, and uh, we know Mark, Vla- Mark Edward Vlasic is a good number three guy, but I'd like to see them solidify the second pairing and replace upgrade on a, a guy uh, better than a Rad- Radam c that they have in there right now and they're just weaker along the third pairing there and the same thing goes for the depth on the wings I like to see them upgrade for the third line so that Joe Thornton doesn't have to feel like a helicopter out there no wings you get that one
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man Paul you are just on a roll today uh, yeah overall I, I just don't see uh, this club you know, making a ton of moves i think anything that they add is going to be relatively minor uh, in terms of of what they they add here i think you've kind of pointed out where they could use a little bit of help um, but I, this isn't a team that's going to break uh, the bank and make some sort of big uh, deal in my opinion at this point I, I think you'll see maybe a couple minor tweaks for a bottom six forward and and that'll probably be just about it for them The St. Louis Blues,
1: red hot. They're the Boston Bruins of the Western Conference. Maybe the Bruins are the the Blues of the Eastern Conference, I'll say. But the Blues winners of 10 games in a row. The Jordan Binnington story continues to grow and grow. The guy got three wins and two shutouts last week. (laughs) overtaking Jake Allen in the nets there, but it's a nice problem when the goalies are are both this capable and the Blues are riding that. They're also riding the fact that their veterans up front are performing and healthy right now. I'd like to see depth, though, uh, improved at the forward position and the bottom deep hair. This club does have injury issues as well, so they have to get past that, I think, to solidify themselves as a bona fide contender. Uh, I'd certainly like to see them get Alex Steen and David Perron back in the lineup here uh, I think the additions would come from within if these guys can get healthy that's probably all they're looking for offensively
0: yeah definitely I think the one guy uh, on an expiring deal you can see moved out the other way is going to be Patrick Maroon uh, really a manageable 1.75 it hasn't really clicked that well in St. Louis and so he could probably benefit uh, from a from a move there are a couple of defensemen on expiring deals but i don't really expect them to part ways with any of them that would be J, uh, jay bomey sir carl Gunnerson, and chris butler i think all those guys will still be uh you know in uh, in st louis after the deadline
1: and uh, up next, Tampa. They've been the class of the league all season long, and it's been very hard to find uh, holes in this lineup here. Uh, I think if you look at the depth on this roster uh, up front, you might highlight the fact that they'd, li- they'd like to upgrade the left wing position. Guys like Palata and Kilorn have had fine seasons, but they're looking for more uh, when you got... The chance to play next to guys like Stamkos and Point in the middle position. The right wing looks very solid with the likes of Johnson and Kucherov holding down the first two spots. And JT Miller is kind of the Swiss Army light knife here, a guy who is uh, underperformed offensively, but that's just because of the opportunity he's been saddled with, uh, limited to third line minutes here, not being able to crack the top two lines for much of the season. On the blue line, they've got to worry about the fact that Victor, Victor Hedman's out of lineup right now. I don't think it's a very serious injury, but it'd be behooves uh, them to really take a close look at that and say if he's the least bit banged up they got to upgrade their blue line a little bit ryan mcdonough has been quietly having a fantastic season mikhail sergachev picked things up a little bit beyond them they could certainly upgrade their blue line uh the playoffs is a war of attrition it's not good to just have six healthy guys there you got to have more than that because somebody's going to go down at some point and there are ways to improve that looking at the around the nhl so that's the area where i think that they could focus their efforts uh, to upgrade their talent level
0: Well, and I think you could see them make uh, some minor moves just to shed a few contracts. Uh, It's not really a cap situation for them so much as they have uh, 49 of uh, their 50 allowed contracts right now. And so I think you could see them uh, maybe, you know, do like a two for one deal of some minor league players just to give them a little more flexibility uh, in terms of, you know, next season. Uh, and this year so that's the other thing if they do make some sort of addition uh, there has to be you know somebody uh, in terms of prospects probably going the other way obviously they have one contract spot available but if you look through uh, the nhl nobody uh, is up at that 50 limit teams just don't like to go all the way there they need a little bit of that flexibility uh, just in case something comes up so it'll be interesting to see what they do i again i expect any moves will be uh, minor league players kind of flipped i don't see this team making a big splash at this point
1: well, the Toronto Maple Leafs are up next. They were 2-1 and one last week. They've been on fire for much of the last two weeks, but they still lost ground to the Boston Bruins who've been playing otherworldly, as I implied. The Leafs, for their part, uh, it's well known what the needs are here. They're looking for defensive depth. That right shot defenseman seems to be an elusive piece that they just can't seem to lock up. Jake Muzzin was thought to be a guy that they would put on that side, but it's his off, off wing, let's call it. So he's back playing the left side, and the hole on the right side remains. Also, they're looking looking... looking at a possibility of upgrading to a more veteran backup goalie over uh, Sparks, who just doesn't have the confidence of the head coach Babcock here, it seems. Offensively, the one-two punch at center has been driving this club. Matthews and Tavares both playing very well and consistently all year, but it's the uh, breakouts of Johnson and Kapanen here that have caught my eye and really helped this squad, making me point to a guy like Connor Brown, who's playing fourth line minutes a lot of the time, as the piece that I think the Leafs could dangle to help one of the opportunities that they have to to look at in terms of bolstering this team
0: I wouldn't be surprised you know obviously I think the concern with you know trying to get away from Sparks is that you would have to potentially put him on waivers if you wanted to move him down once the deadline passes, though, you don't have to stick to that 23-man limit, as I mentioned earlier, which gives them the opportunity to bring up Michael Hutchinson as a little bit more of a stabilizing factor there. His cap hit is super minimal, uh, so he's not going to cost them a lot of money, uh, and so I, I expect that to probably be uh, who they would bring up in terms of you know kind of bolstering that Uh, you know that position and maybe give Freddie Anderson a few nights off Um, but other than that as you mentioned uh, if they do want to bring somebody in it's probably going to cost them some prospects I thought they got away uh, with the Jake Muzzin deal without having to really give away too much in terms of prospects but I think any additional deals uh, they're finally going to have to delve uh, into those younger players
1: in Vancouver they have a whole host of younger players that have made their mark on a pretty surprising season Uh, the team though went one and three last week and they're not going to make the playoffs I don't think they're still on the fringe of playoff contention Uh, I don't think they're in a position to add too much because they really haven't got much to give up I don't think they want to part with a top draft pick for instance and they did take a bit of a blow recently that might tell the tale and the direction of this team Jake Vertanen out for a month with a fractured rib this is one of those young prospects hasn't really played to the level of some of the others who've been more more notable, notable, but he's a key part of their offensive future. And really, I don't think they want to mess with what they've grown with so far by trading away one of those pieces to to help for a possible playoff run here. Unless I miss my guess, I think this team's on the outside looking in and and quite content to have, say they had a good year, but uh, let's not uh, bankrupt the future here.
0: Well, the one guy I consistently have said that they need to trade uh, is Alex Edler, but he's dealing with that uh, concussion. And so that complicates the situation here. Uh, and I don't think there's a lot of teams that would be willing to risk uh, picking up a, you know, or making a move for a guy dealing with a concussion just because of the uncertainty of when uh, you might be able to return. Now, having said that, if he plays, uh some point this week that could open the door up for something to happen uh on you know on sunday or monday but uh, at this point i'd be a little surprised to see him move if he doesn't get any games in before the deadline
1: and uh the vegas golden knights have not been a surprise this season and uh, that's the only reason that they haven't had as electric a year as last year but really they're right in the uh, the picks in terms of the powers of the western conference if i look at this team uh, in terms of depth-wise, I think they need a little bit of an b- upgrade in terms of the backup goalie situation. Mark andre Fleury, it's been well documented in this corner from me that he his play has tailed off a little bit in the second half. I think they just leaned on him a little bit too much, AJ, for my liking, and I'd like to see a more solid backup. A situation there to give them a bit of a break down the, down the stretch here. They also need a little bit more quality in terms of the defensive depth here, I think. Uh, their offense looks very solid top to bottom in terms of the top three lines, I'll say. So I'm focusing my interest in seeing improvements here on the defense, uh, the top two defense pairings, I'll say.
0: I actually think their, their upgrade on defense is going to be relatively minor, and that's going to come uh, from within in terms of Nick Holden coming off uh, the IR. I, I don't see uh, any really big defensive moves by this club, maybe uh, a little bit more depth scoring, but they have uh, some pretty decent guys you know, making up their bottom couple of lines. Uh, that are have produced for them this season so this is a team i honestly think again will be pretty quiet at the deadline uh overall maybe uh some minor tweaks to the roster but i'd be uh, pretty surprised to see them make a big splash here
1: and uh speaking of surprises i continue to be surprised surprised by the fact that tom wilson is employed as a top six winger here I know he's, he's been called the unicorn by people in the media saying the guy has some offensive skills and is probably the toughest forward in the entire league, but I still don't like the fact that he's getting top six minutes here next to guys like Ovechkin and Kuznetsov. Uh, I, I'd like to see more of a skill player in that mix and, and Wilson slotted down in a third line role, which is typical of where you'd see a guy with his profile. Uh, where the upgrade is necessary here I think I might look at the left side though Jacob Jacob Brand is making a case for holding on to a top six position I think there are left wingers out there who would be an improvement on him and if he moves down to a third line role I think he he would be more suited there as well Burakovsky is a guy looking for I'm looking for more out of so really the upgrades here are mostly from within but uh, possibly an upgrade on the left wing and maybe in terms of a defense def- defenseman as well. They've certainly got uh, people that I like back there in Carlson and Niskanen, but uh, beyond them, it's more defensive defensemen than anything else.
0: I, uh, I'm going to kind of call my shot here, and here's the trade move I think will be coming. Could be a few other pieces going, but Andre Berakovsky gets traded uh, to the Devils for Marcus Johansson. So they bring Johansson back, I think he could compete for that top six role Uh, in that spot. Burakovsky has been on the outs periodically throughout the season, but I think he becomes an intriguing option uh, for the Devils because he's an RFA next year. And so they don't lose his rights uh, uh, outright like they would by keeping Johansson. So that's the deal that I expect to see uh, these two clubs make and uh, we'll see. Uh, next week if I if I called my shot correctly
1: well that's a brave call I'll say maybe you've got some insider information out there (laughs) Uh, uh, to wind up our look we look at the Winnipeg Jets and uh, of course we're continuing to keep an eye on Patrick Laine wondering where has his offensive skills uh, gone Uh, but he has really been an extended drought they'd like to see him get it back together Nikolai Ehler still on the IR so if those two guys can come back one from the IR one from uh, Oblivion that will be the upgrade that they this team needs offensively but it's on the blue line where i think they'd look for a more more uh seriously uh, in terms of a, a an actual new player coming into the mix bufflin is again out of the lineup uh, with a day to day description of his current injury status. I like the fact that Jacob Truba has really emerged as their go to defenseman in the second half of the season. Josh Morrissey, his playing partner, on the top pairing. I kind of like that group, but uh, I like to see a bit of an upgrade over the second pairing, which includes Ch- Ben Chirot and Sammy Niku right now. So clearly they need some help to to fix things up there. And really the guy that's been paying for the defensive deficiencies is Connor Hallibuck. He's come under fire and criticized for a subpar season, but if they rectify their defense defensive structure and uh, bolster their blue line, I think he's going to be the guy that benefits and plays to a level that we're more expecting of him.
0: I don't, uh, I'm going to disagree. I don't see a whole lot of additions coming for this team Uh, in terms of the blue line. They, I know that they're, they're fans of Joe Morrow who is out right now. Uh, and so I think any upgrades are going to come from within they got Sammy Niku and Tucker Pullman in terms of young options Uh, what I do think is I agree that they need uh, an additional center and I think this would probably be the best landing spot for a Matt Duchesne uh, to make a strong run you know they did uh, a similar move last year when they brought in Paul Statsny unfortunately for them they weren't able to re-sign him in in the offseason but I expect probably a similar uh, combination here and if they can get a Aylers healthy, that would give them a second line of Nikolai Aylers, Matt Duchene, and Patrick Laine, and that would be one of the best uh, second lines in the league, in my opinion. Uh, and that follows that, that Connor Scheifele-Wheeler line. So uh, I would not be shocked to see Duchesne, uh, you know, heading from one Canadian city to the next.
1: Yeah, I think that's an excellent call. And, and it's funny because the name most linked to the Winnipeg Jets right now is Mark Stone. So I, th- I agree with you. It's the other guy that makes more sense with the Winnipeg Jets and the Ottawa Senators in trade talks. Which brings us to our FanDuel segment. And today we've got a nine-game schedule ahead of us. And uh, we remind our listeners that over two and a half million players have won. Of cash prize including you and I, while playing Fanduel, it's been great to have this as a daily part of my uh, hockey regimen. To spend a quarter here or there, maybe even play the free games. I'm not a big spender on this, but I like to have a little bit of fun, have a vested interest. And uh, tonight we have a nine-game slate, which features three teams on the second of back-to-backs. We'll highlight them: Tampa's in Philadelphia with the visitors playing the second of back-to-back Columbus in Montreal visitors again second back-to-back and Arizona playing in Edmonton the second of back-to-backs there uh, apart from that I'm looking forward to seeing Jordan Binnington play against the Maple Leafs that must be a dream come true for him uh, so that's where I'll be focused I'm sure you're going to have an interest in the Penns visit to New Jersey I'd love, love to see you handicap that game as well
0: yeah, I think that one's uh, really intriguing in terms of matchup uh, for for the Penguins. I think it's a must-win game in a lot of ways. You you know, if you're going to make a postseason run, and they are you know in that wild card spot, they're not in the top three right now. You have to beat the teams below you in the standings, and so I think Pittsburgh absolutely needs to get a win tonight. Uh, and and hopefully, uh, at least in my opinion, hopefully they can make that happen. I think the game of the night. In terms of entertainment value and what to watch is tampa bay at philadelphia the flyers have been uh, really hot lately uh, and Car- a lot of that starts with carter hart but you have that big big squad of tampa bay coming in uh, to town as you mentioned coming off of back-to-back which will make it difficult uh, philadelphia is always a tough place to play so uh, we'll see uh, how that squares out but that for me is the matchup of the night uh, in terms of the FanDuel Optimizer from RotoWire uh, Pretty uh, pretty uh, shuffled around. There's not too many over overall stacks tonight. Uh, maybe a minor uh, Dallas one. But it starts off with Connor McDavid uh, Edmonton playing Arizona. As you mentioned, they're at home. Arizona is terrible and they're coming <laughs> off a of back to back. So 8500 uh, is a big price tag, but it might be worth it to pay up for McDavid tonight. Optimizer sticking with the pricey centers with Tyler Sagan uh, in Nashville, 7,700. I definitely think uh, that's, that's a good matchup for him as well. You know, uh, they're playing at home again, uh, Nashville, obviously a tough out, but I do think there's some opportunity for a guy like Sagan to get some points tonight Uh, on the, on the wings. You've got Kyle Palmieri for the devils playing against Pittsburgh. Paul, you mentioned uh, the struggles in the nets, Pittsburgh has basically had to win games with their offense right now. And so uh, a couple of New Jersey guys uh, for, for a high scoring game is, is definitely a viable option. So it starts with Paul Marriott, uh, 6300 rather. And also Joey Anderson, uh, third line winger playing on the second power play at just $3,000, a minimal salary guy. And that allows you to spend up big also uh, optimizer likes alex Radulov for dallas at 5800 and clayton keller for arizona at 5100 uh in terms of the blue line gonna go back to dallas uh john klingberg at 5600 dougie hamilton for carolina at 4700 i i continue to believe that dougie hamilton is underpriced uh, right now based on what he's doing uh, on the ice so that seems like a steal to me and in the nets Uh, despite coming off the second of back-to-back. The optimizer actually does like Louis Domingue tonight, who's expected to start Uh, for uh, for tampa bay against the flyers 8300 i'm not sure that's a move that i necessarily would consider making um, but if you're in uh, kind of those cash games and looking for a bit of a contrarian play that might be your option tonight so uh, that's the optimizers look at tonight's slate paul how did you round out your lineup well the way i look at it i see a couple of opportunities to stack
1: here i'm gonna go a bit Uh, off the board and say the Leafs are going to be an interesting possibility in St. Louis. I think Jordan Bennington is going to be overhyped for this matchup and I think the Leafs might take advantage of him so I'm quite happy to put John Tavares in the mix here for $8,100 and I'll pair him with Mitch Marner on the wing, uh, $7,700. So that's my Leaf mini stack. It's not too often I get to play these guys together in a game. So I'll hide that, that off the top. Then I'm going to go into that Nashville-Dallas game and say the Visitors are a team that I'm intrigued by. Ryan Johansson, I think, he gives them a big edge in the middle of the ice. I don't think they're, the Stars are going to waste uh, Tyler Sagan on him in terms of a possible defensive cover or matchup situation. I think ha- Johansson would have the edge there if they go head-to-head. So I think... In the absence of a true checking center, Johansson has a chance to have a big night, $6,400, a cheap price tag there. I round out my squad with wingers Zach Cassian. He gets to ride shotgun with Seidel and McDavid. I get him for $3,600 against that visiting Arizona club, so I'm all over that one. And Jason Pommenville, I highlighted him as a, as a part that should be auditioning for a trip somewhere else at the trade deadline. He gets to play against Florida, and that weak goaltending tandem uh, makes me jump all over him as a top six forward uh, for thirty. to round out my squad I fill in with the likes of Victor Arvidsson who's quietly had an outstanding offensive season in Nashville playing top line minutes along with Johansson I think that's a line that should dominate the stars tonight Rounding out the blue line, I go to Carolina for a pair of the defensemen there who should be in trade talks, and that's Justin Falk and Dougie Hamilton, two guys with a lot of offensive skill. They're each priced at less than $5,000, and all of that affords me to get Pekka and in the Nets from Nashville. I think he's underpriced at $8,300, so I'm quite happy to plug him in against the homestanding stars this evening. And for you...
0: Well, it won't come as too much of a surprise. I've avoided doing it recently, but I think the matchup's too good. I'm uh, favoring a very heavy Penguins stack tonight and pretty much going, uh, you know, right out of the gates with the centers. I'm going to use both Crosby and Malkin. Those two guys have been on a tear. They're going to get me uh, a loony from you. Uh, coming here shortly they've just been lighting <laughs> it up uh, so you've got Crosby at 8900 Malkin at 8400 uh, they do play on separate lines but they play on that power play unit together another guy on that power play unit is Phil Kessel at 7600 I will use him as well uh, I think he is on a bit of a gold drought but he's been picking up assists and uh, I really like uh, his meshing with Malkin now one thing that Uh, isn't showing up in the lineups yet because there hasn't been a new uh, skate to confirm it. But in the third period of their most recent game, Zach Aston Reese actually slid on to that second line uh, with Malkin and Kessel uh, and did really well. And I think there's an opportunity for him to produce again. So if he is, in fact, uh, confirmed as being on that second line for thirty three hundred, that's a steal guy playing with malkin and kessel so those are my penguins i'll basically get them out of the way first uh the rest of the lineup looks like this so yanni gord at wing for 4700 uh playing that second line with tampa bay that's been uh really good uh of late and they go into philadelphia uh this it is a tough matchup but that team has definitely the ability to produce Uh, If he's going to play tonight, which all indications seem to be, I like Andreas Johnson for your Maple Leafs tonight. 4,200 I think is a steal for the price tag. Obviously, he would have to, uh, the Leafs would have to shut down Jordan Bennington's hot streak here of late, but uh, certainly uh, a viable uh, candidate for some points in uh, for him tonight defensively, I'm going to stick with the Leafs and go Morgan Riley at 6,200. He's just been very steady all season, continues to produce, uh, and it's a big price tag for him, but I think it's definitely worth it uh, to pay up. On the flip side, I'm going to go uh, a definite contrarian pick that you won't hear out there much. Uh, if Andre Saquera again, if he plays tonight, he's just coming off IR, but he's only 3,500 because he's been out for so long. I like his matchup tonight against Arizona coming back. Uh, I tab him to probably pick up, uh, hopefully a point tonight. He's an offensively minded guy who can definitely produce and at 3,500, uh, I absolutely love him tonight. Again, there's a chance he won't play, but I, I think he will based on everything I'm seeing. All that to say, uh, I'm going to go. Uh, with Devin Dubnik tonight from Minnesota in the Nets. 8,000 for probably one of the best matchups of the night. Uh, You know, the most one-sided, the the line on that one is Minnesota minus 225 right now. The over-under is just five and a half, uh, which is on the low side for an NHL game. And Anaheim uh, has been downright awful of late. So uh, I think there's a good opportunity for him to pick up the win uh, and potentially walk away with even a shutout here. So at $8,000, that's a play I'm going to make.
1: Well, and uh, we turn now to the stud of the week, and we could have really hit the repeat button and put Nikita Kucherov in there, but he's playing on a different planet right now with the way he's piling up the points, and I really don't want to double up when there are other candidates. Could have gone with Sidney Crosby here, but I chose uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, AJ. Ten points in four games last week, and really central to the resurgence of the St. Louis Blues, the hottest team in the league right now on a 10 game winner and uh, for much of the season people forgot how good this guy is Uh, but I'll remind you he had four straight years where he averaged greater than 70 points and that's the kind of consistency that you didn't see from too many other forwards that you could put on the same list this guy's durable built like a tank he's a quick skater and has one of the quickest releases in the game and he's reminding everybody that forgot about him what a star player he is and really full marks for me for the 10 points that he registered in four games last week
0: I think you're dead on there with your assessment on Tarasenko in terms of being uh, kind of an unheralded guy, uh, you know, for the fact that for what he's produced. I, the the problem, if you want to call it that, is that he has capped out in the mid 70s, which means he's not usually in consideration for the Hart Trophy, uh, and, and or you know his goal numbers are. are always decent he's been plus 30 in each of the last uh, four years uh, but that's not quite good enough to win the rocket so this guy produces at an unbelievable rate but it's just not enough to get him quite to the accolades and so he goes pretty unnoticed but uh, you mentioned his production in his last four games this guy's actually uh, got at least a point in each of his last 12 games uh, 11 goals and 11 assists over that stretch oh and let's not forget uh, he's pretty defensively solid as well with a plus 15 over that stretch Four of those points coming on the power play this guy produces in all aspects of the game and really doesn't get enough credit for it and uh, that's a nice turn to go into
1: the of st- the rant of the week AJ I got a two-parter here I couldn't really decide which one to run with so I'm going to try both of them on you and see what you think first up Robbie Shrimp and you might scratch your head and say, who's Robbie Schrempf? Well, that goes part way into this discussion here. The guy took a chance to rip uh, John Tavares recently. And uh, I remind listeners, uh, who's Robbie Schrempf? Former first-round pick with Edmonton in 2004. Another failed first-rounder in Edmonton. Who had ever heard that one before, AJ? <laughs> uh, he played with the Islanders uh, in the 2009, 2010, and 2010-11 seasons, which were Tavares's first two in the league. John Tavares was the top pick in the rookie class, charged at the time with leading the Islanders back to respectability. That was all on his plate. Shrimp was along for the ride, and he saw fit to say, oh, John Tavares is there only to to look after his offensive totals and want to achieve those he's done. He's not much more than that in terms of a team leader. Well, I've watched John up close, and I can tell you Shrimp is dead wrong. Uh, Tavares has given this team a swagger that they didn't have before he arrived and he's elevated the game of all those players around I'm sure he's more of a, a finisher right now with the likes of Marner on his wing but all he's done is be a point per game player throughout his career and so uh, I think maybe things could have been better on the island if support players for Tavares like Shreb played to their potential he needs to shut the hell up the guy's in his early 30s and he's already out of hockey for all intents and purposes so I don't know what he's talking about
0: <laughs> well, I, I certainly, uh, you know, don't agree with the assessment uh, that you know Tavares is is an all about me guy. Uh, it's certainly, you know, I haven't seen that in, in terms of you know his ice. Now, granted, uh, I don't watch the games as much as you do, um, but you know, I, I think uh, you know giving a, a platform for a guy uh, who's bounced around uh, the the European circuits, uh, you know, since two thousand eleven twelve uh, and really kind of flamed out, uh, as a, as a 25th overall pick in the 24, uh, 2004 draft, uh, only played 114 NHL games, had 54 points in those contests, uh, at one point was playing in the Swiss B league. Uh, so that, you know, that kind of tells you, uh, where he stood in terms of production. So, uh, yeah, I, I tend to agree, you know, you played with a, a guy for, you know, two years, uh, and and relatively early in Tavares's career, you know, maybe maybe, you know, almost a decade ago, maybe he was a get my points uh, kind of player. But you haven't played with him since. And I, I really don't think, uh, you know, he's he's got a lot to, to draw on here in terms of, uh, you know, having a, a valid opinion, to be honest with you.
1: And then part B of the rant this week is uh, Canada's favorite octogenarian, Don Cherry, ripping the Carolina Hurricanes for their post-game celebrations. And I say, really? I see no harm in engaging and celebrating wins with home fans. They've got done the duck-duck goose. They've played baseball. They've kicked field goals all post-game celebrations that cause their fans who go to the games to hang around for the three stars in the post-game celebrations i think it's good for the game it's good to to grow an interest and people go away talking about it and isn't that what you want for for a hockey market that's been struggling i think don cherry is is uh, missed on this one and i like the celebrations that the hurricanes are coming up with it's a breath of fresh air in a in an area uh, of the nhl that really needs it here and uh, quite in line with their recent surge i like what's going on in carolina and the postgame salary sellies uh, need to continue here
0: yeah i certainly agree with you i i you know what if 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 you don't want to be celebrated on them win the game obviously <laughs> and so uh you know again this is just you know a a comment out of left field that just doesn't need to be made um you know it sounds you know it honestly sounds a little bit uh you know we hear about this in baseball about violating unwritten rules it sounds like that's essentially uh what don cherry is saying well you know what the younger fans love guys uh you know that violate those unwritten rules in baseball that celebrate in the nfl uh and again the the postgame celebrations here uh in in carolina i think are absolutely fine i think they appeal to young fans and i think we need to get away from this kind of outdated you know respect the game kind of idea there are certainly things where you do need to respect the game but i don't think celebrating is really one of them
1: so you're calling this sour grapes like i did right yeah
0: for sure see what i did
1: there (laughs) sour grapes and don cherry oh my god another groaner Well, that wraps up this episode of Pupcast with Statsman and AJ. Please remember to send your comments or questions on Twitter. Follow me, Paul Bruno, at Statsman22, and you can follow AJ at AJScholes24. As always, we invite you to listen into to Pupcast to get our tips to stay ahead of the competition in your fantasy hockey planning and research. So long, everybody. <laughs>